Love What Matters presents Your Story is a production of Love What Matters and iHeartRadio. Hi, I'm Colin Balf, founder and CEO of Love What Matters, and welcome to Love What Matters presents Your Story. Each week, we'll hear an incredible story of compassion, kindness, and above all, love. People have said to me, you're such a saint, I couldn't do what you do, and you're so amazing for, for giving this to these kids. That's so far from the truth. They are giving me so much more than I can give them. That was Caroline Wooten, a 37-year-old mother of seven from Texas. Her story today is one deeply rooted in love, faith, and the incredible bonds of family. Caroline and her husband, Nathan, had always dreamed of adopting children, but financial constraints and career pressures held them back. The couple instead had two biological children, a boy and a girl, and led a busy, happy life. When their daughter introduced them to Kylie, a friend from school who was experiencing trauma in the foster care system, Nathan and Caroline immediately knew they wanted to step in. They began the long process of becoming foster parents, and after several years, they were able to welcome Kylie and her brothers into their home. And just a note on this interview with Caroline, it was recorded in her home, and as a result, it sounds like home. There are some dogs rustling in the background, there are some family members, but please don't let that distract you from how compelling and incredible her story truly is. Caroline and Nathan's love story began when the two were just kids. Nathan and I grew up in the same church. I was probably eight years old in about the third grade when we met. He's three and a half years older than me, so we kind of grew up together like that. I was 14. He was 18 when I decided that he was the be-all, end-all of life. We dated off and on through high school and eventually got married when I was 18 and he was 22. They both knew they wanted children and were interested in the idea of adopting. Well, so if I'm being really transparent to begin with, I was not the girl that wanted to be pregnant and have babies. The thought of being in pain and having a little alien inside my body just sounded terribly scary and I didn't want to do that. But, you know, we wanted kids. So adoption was kind of something we always tossed back and forth. And, you know, as we aged a little bit and grew as people and as a married couple, we decided, you know, we really do want a little person walking around that has our personality and looks like us and is funny. So we decided to go that direction first. We'd always talked about having two kids. We kind of wanted a boy and then a girl. Erin was two months old when we found out we were pregnant with Landon. You know, the first two years were so freaking hard. Just having two kids under two years old and my husband was in college and it was just a crazy dynamic at our house. But now they are Being 11 months apart, they're super close. They're really great friends. They take care of each other, and I wouldn't have done it any other way in hindsight. Caroline and Nathan found themselves with two young kids juggling childcare, college, and work, all in the midst of financial insecurity. Nathan was in his first year of pharmacy school. We have Landon. We give birth to our second kid, and it's crazy chaos. Landon had terrible reflux, and he threw up all the time. He never slept, and Aaron was one and a half and, you know, into everything as 18-month-old children are. And it was just kind of crazy. We were really poor. We didn't have any money. We were in college. And looking back, I don't know how we even kind of made it out to the other side of that, but we did. And I look back at that and really cherish the time we had with those little kids and how we grew as a family of four just being us and not having, you know, somebody to swoop in and help out every time we had an issue. We had to learn to figure those things out for ourselves. The couple lived a happy, albeit chaotic life as a family of four. 
Aaron and Landon were growing into intelligent, funny, empathetic young people. Nathan finished pharmacy school and got a good job. Through the years, Caroline and Nathan continued to talk about the possibility of one day adopting or fostering children. And then, when Aaron was in the fifth grade, she befriended Kylie. She and Aaron had become friends, but Kylie was so quiet and timid and just shy. And you would, you know, sit across the lunch table from her and speak to her. And she would look at the floor and give you really short, soft-spoken answers. And I was just trying to figure her out. Like, what makes her tick like that? Why is she so scared? Why is she so quiet? I kind of wanted to figure that out. And I knew there had to be something really big in there. I just wanted to kind of draw it out and see what we could see. The Wootens learned that Kylie was currently in the foster care system, living in a group home and separated from her five brothers. Caroline and Nathan knew right away they wanted to bring their daughter's friend into their home. And their journey into foster care began. We already knew her and we had a relationship with her from school and we wanted to to do what we could to be helpful to her family. So we made a phone call and said, hey, we want to pursue being foster parents. And so we signed up for these classes and they're 13 weeks long, three nights a week, several hours a night. So you're, you know, trying to find a babysitter and trying to still keep up with your family life and homework and dinner with your kids and, and still doing all this stuff. There's this mountain of paperwork. It's literally like 800 pages you feel like your arm's gonna fall off and it's in depth they ask you so much about your own childhood and the way you were raised and any kind of abuse or trauma you might have had and how that impacted you and how you could use that to be helpful to someone else and you start soul searching a little bit when you go through that process and really thinking about yourself So it took about five months to get our home open. And so I called and said, hey, we're open. Let's get this kid in our home. And they said, oh, well, Kylie has some siblings and your home isn't really big enough for that many kids. And we didn't really approve you for that number of children. And and she's fine where she's at in her group home and her brothers are fine. And there's not really a need for us to move her to you right now. So we were kind of dumbfounded because that's what we'd started out for, but It's such an overwhelming process and it's scary and we kind of didn't want to rock the boat and didn't want to upset anybody. And so we thought, okay, you know, maybe that's a lesson and we need to just sit back and wait and foster some other kids. And maybe she's not the child that's supposed to be in our home. That opened the door for us to help somebody else. So we kind of sat back and waited and took in some other kids. More with Caroline after a quick break. Welcome back to Love What Matters. Here's more from Caroline's story. So we got a phone call the day after we were opened and said, hey, we've got this sibling group of three coming in. This was a Friday. They asked us if we could start hosting them on Monday. They were 13, 10, and 9. The 10-year-old was legally blind. So they asked us if we would bring these three kids into our home. So we said yes, because we were excited and we wanted to help and let's get this party started kind of thing. So we bring these kids into our house and It was a lot of changes at once. We now went from having two kids to five kids, and my car was full. It changed our dynamic a lot, just figuring out how do we do homework for five kids, and how do we take showers for all these kids and get these things to happen. But it was a beautiful experience because these kids came from a place that they had no running water, no electricity inside their home. They were getting their meals from a church like a mile away, they were walking to a couple days a week and they were washing their laundry in a plastic swimming pool in the backyard. So as sad as that was to hear and as hard as that is to hear emotionally, it was also kind of exciting to watch them experience all these 
comforts that we have with brand new eyes. Caroline and Nathan were still eager to get Kylie out of the foster care system she'd now been in for over a year. They started slow, having Kylie over for visits and sleepovers. Kylie had been to our house a couple of times since we had become an open placement foster home. We had been getting a little bit of visitation with her, a couple hours on Saturday, that kind of thing, and we already knew her. I think it was kind of like a slumber party between her and Erin. I completely agree with the slumber party part because it was like I was moving in with my best friend. So, like, it was just kind of a continuous slumber party. We stayed up doing the girl things, painting our nails, doing whatever we could with each other. It was fun. Despite knowing the family well and being close friends with Erin, it was still a hard adjustment for Kylie. Kylie had some pretty big walls built up around her heart and didn't want to let people in. So there would be, you know, some occasions where I would walk in and find her in tears and I would just climb up and sit and hold her and she wouldn't say anything. It took months for her to open up and feel comfortable enough and safe enough to share what she was thinking and feeling. And it took years to build it up to the place where we are now, where she will tell you exactly what she thinks with no qualms about it, almost to a fault. I remember in the beginning, it was really confusing, like, in my head, because I had never had parents that, like she said, cared about my emotional reactions to things. And then to come into a home where they cared about you and how you were feeling, it was just weird. I was like, why are these people asking me these questions? Like, it kind of felt a little bit fake, I guess, because I had never experienced that. And I just remember kind of just pushing it back, not accepting it at first. It took a long, very long time to be comfortable talking about anything or even understanding that they did just genuinely care about me. Like, that took years. It's definitely been a big transformation. I remember I never really had goals or dreams for myself just because of the way that my family was. I just never thought about having a life. I just didn't think I had a future or anything. So then to come and actually think about myself and really think like, oh, what do I want to do? Like now I have big dreams for myself and goals that I'm working towards. A couple of months before the finalization of Kylie's adoption, Caroline came home to find Nathan distraught. So I come home and uh, my husband that I've been married to for 20 years looks at me with tears in his eyes and I've seen the man cry one time other than this in 20 years. And he looks at me and says, I have this burden to adopt Kylie's brothers. We need to keep these siblings together. This is what this is about. And we need to bring these kids home. And he says, you know, I've been praying about this. And he said, I've been scared to bring this up because it's a lot. And I don't know if I'm crazy, but this is what we need to be doing. And we sat down with Aaron Landon and Kylie and said, you know, this is what we want to do. What do y'all think? And um, they were so gung-ho, like, yes. Why have y'all not done this sooner? This is what we need to be doing. Let's get the ball rolling. So we made a phone call that day to the assigned caseworker and said, hey, we need to get these boys in our house now. So we did. And it's, it's been amazing. Absolutely amazing. Before this decision, Kylie had come to difficult terms with the idea of living separately from her brothers. I remember whenever I first got to Caroline's and then we really started talking about adoption and if that was what I wanted, that was okay. And in my brain, I was thinking, okay, so I'm going to have to accept the fact that I will forever be separated from my brothers. And that was a hard decision. It really was. And I had decided that I was going to have to be okay with that, and I did want to be adopted, so my heart had kind of 
accepted at that point that there was no other way. Like I wasn't going to be able to be with them. I was going to have to live and not grow up with them, which of course was sad. But then I remember coming home and my dad was crying. And so as soon as he started crying, everyone else started crying. And then he was like, we're going to get your brothers. And I lost it then because at this point I had accepted that I couldn't grow up with them. And now it's just a big relief on my heart because I knew that I would again be with them every day and get to watch them grow up and see what they would become. More on Love What Matters right after a quick break. I'm Colin Balf. Welcome back to Love What Matters. Years after their biological children were newborns, Caroline and Nathan found themselves back in a wild, chaotic house, but under the circumstances they had hoped for for so long. So we had two girls in one room, and with two boys in the other bedroom, a baby in our room, and we converted our breakfast nook in our kitchen. Nathan made that into a room, so we put two boys in there, and all these rooms are not very big. We had two bathrooms, so we've got four kids, five kids, excuse me, sharing, no, six. I have six kids using one bathroom. We literally had a schedule for showers. You know, you get 15 minutes and they have to start at 6 p.m. or we can't get everybody in bed on time. And they're fighting over who gets to use the toilet in the mornings. And we're constantly having our septic tank pump because it is not built for nine people. So it's a challenge. And, you know, just learning to cook for that many people and not overcook and fixing lunches and homework takes days to get everybody settled. But it was really freaking fun. Just having all these kids together and seeing these siblings interact with each other and watching Aaron and Landon incorporate themselves inside of this dynamic that these kids already had built. I think the kids probably felt stress just having so many people. And it's not a very laid back childhood when you're having to schedule your bathroom time. But I think that they they kind of thrived on it. And it's taught them a lot about the importance of being mindful of your schedule and thinking about other people's needs and making sure that you're not being selfish. Just as the new family was settling into their life, Nathan confided in Caroline that he was considering leaving his job. He followed his intuition and made the difficult decision to quit. Just a few weeks later, after interviewing for several positions in different states, he was offered a great one in Texas. And then he came home and said, hey, I've got this headhunter looking at me for this job in Texas. And I said, nope, I ain't moving that far. All our families here and our friends and our support system and that it's hot there and they have snakes and I'm not going. And he said, well, let's just let's just let them fly us out there. We'll go check it out. See how we feel about it. Check out the interview. All within a weekend, he interviewed for a job in Columbus, Georgia, which was about four and a half hours away from our hometown. And then we finished that up on Friday. We got on a plane the next day. We flew to Dallas. We drove to the town we were interviewing in. And I immediately felt just a peace about where we were. And again, I wasn't moving to Texas. You couldn't make me. You couldn't drag me kicking and screaming. But I spent the day with a realtor who has now become a very close friend of ours. I met the mayor. We toured the church that we're now a part of. He called me after the interview and and said, how was your day? And I said, it was awesome. I hope you get this job like I'm ready to move to Texas, which was so far outside of what I thought that I wanted. So he actually was offered the job in Columbus and accepted it. 
And then the very next day, they called us um, from Texas and said, we want to offer you this job. And they said, we're not, we're not playing around. We've been looking to fill this position for a year and a half, and you're it. And they offered him more money than we ever could have dreamed possible and huge allowance to move our family across the country. And it was just right. So we started putting our house on the market and packing our kids up and saying goodbye to our friends and family. And it was the hardest thing we've ever done, but it's absolutely been the best thing that we could have done for our kids, giving them a fresh start and a new place away from any reminders of their trauma and stuff that they've been through. Put them inside of a great, very small school system where they feel safe and secure and they're learning and they're pushed academically and bringing them inside of a wonderful church family that loves them so much. Caroline and Nathan's life looks very different now than it did when they were starting their family in their early 20s. Well, for starters, I have seven kids and not two, so that's a massive change. But I would say, you know, going through this has kind of opened my eyes to a world that I didn't really know anything about. I didn't know the statistics on foster care. I didn't know how many kids were displaced in our home state where we lived and just within our county. I had no idea the number of people that were stepping up to kind of take care of that need. And and it's not enough. And also it's, you know, it's given us this platform to talk about that. I never would have thought that this is something that I would be doing, would be writing something like that and sharing my heart so publicly and talking to you now. I never would have thought that I would have had seven children and be doing what I'm doing and have had hosted, you know, 20 plus kids in my house over the past four years, but you do. I've been able to learn a lot about compassion and what that means in order to be selfless and give so much to other people. And I think I see the world through a different lens. I'm now trying to look at people and look at situations and ask why are they behaving the way they're behaving? Why are they making the choices that they're making? Because I never would have done that before. You know, you see a kid in the grocery store acting up and you think, why is that mom letting that kid act like that? And now I look at that kid and think, I wonder what that child's been through that's shaping their behaviors. And so I think I have a different lens for the way that I look at things. And, you know, learning that a lot of things are said and done from a place of brokenness and that, you know, healing can be achieved. Caroline and Nathan built an incredibly loving, joyful home for their kids. Their story of fierce perseverance demonstrates the selflessness in providing support and love for children trapped in a flawed system. It shines a light on all of the beautiful shapes families can take, even after hardships and obstacles and all of life's unexpected chaos. It's not rainbows and unicorns. There are some beautiful moments and experiences, but don't be naive in thinking that going on an endeavor like this and fostering children is easy because it is so hard. Your heart aches constantly. And there's a lot of worry and anxiety that comes along with all the unknowns that are in this process. But the good far outweighs the bad. It's worth it every single time, whether that child is a permanent fixture in your family or you get to see that kid reunified with their biological family or a grandparent or an aunt or uncle or cousin. It's worth it to walk through that. Thanks for listening today. I hope you heard something that inspires and empowers you. For more stories like this one, check out lovewhatmatters.com. This podcast is a production of Love What Matters and iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Colin Balf. The Love What Matters Presents Your Story podcast is produced by Miranda Hawkins and me and mixed by Josh Thane. Emily Marinoff is our engineer and Aaron Kaufman is our editor. 
Editorial oversight by Miranda Hawkins and me, with help from Emily Marinoff and Juliet Miller. Special thanks to Nikki Etor, Kevin Balf, Chris Balf, Wilson Garrett, Red Seat Ventures, and Craig Kitchen. You can find more inspiring stories at lovewhatmatters.com. We'll see you next week.